Well, H. Not hell. No, as we start the fast lane. We're not going to say that word. The other H word. Hope. We've cursed already to start this Friday by using that four-letter word synonymous with sports fans. But there's a reason why we do that today. And it's not a story that's gained a ton of traction. And I am glad it has not. Because I don't want it to be overblown or overblow the idea of it. But as the NASCAR and just the motorsports weekend in general goes to what many would term the greatest weekend in motorsports. And I think it's great. I mean, I get it. This isn't football season. It's not March Madness. But... For this weekend in general, it's really kind of neat with a lot of sports that get a lot of traction. And we'll give some thoughts on that around 525 with our votes of confidence for whatever our projections this weekend are worth. Trey may or may not hit us up. He's at the beach somewhere, so who knows how that's going to go. So Ty is filling in for him today. But the H word we come up with is because people in the NASCAR world and motorsports in general have often criticized NASCAR, and justifiably so, for the fact that they're not what it used to be. Some of that, handlers and the motorhome in NASCAR. Handlers curbing people's opinions. The motorhome itself, where drivers can go and seek solace and refuge, as opposed to being, in a good way, forced to interact with the fans. So that access is different. And don't give me this, well, they're active on social media. I mean, that is a glimpse in, but nothing replaces the personal interaction. It's better than nothing, but it's not the same. But the reason why we use the H word is... There have been some things that show NASCAR has improved in that area from what turned so many people off from that sport, and justifiably so, over the 2000s and the 2010s to a certain extent. And one of those was getting away from their roots. When they uprooted from Rockingham, from North Wilkesboro, they cut Darlington's race date to one. Oh, we need more Texas, said no one. Even Bubba Wallace. Oh, way better than Texas. Yeah. Way better than Texas. Yes, my guy just from that quote alone earlier this week after the race at North Wilkesboro. But it turned off a lot of fans. And you've got North Wilkesboro back. Darlington has two dates, although you could argue whether the race on Mother's Day makes any sense that particular day or even that particular weekend where, ironically, NASCAR maybe should take Mother's Day off and race on Father's Day. And I know plenty of females who are NASCAR fans. My wife is in that category. My mom would classify herself as a NASCAR fan as well. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, I'll put this out there. I have a dad. I have a mom. Mother's Day, it's about spending time with mom and hanging out. And that's my wife or my mom. Father's Day, it's often doing things with your dad, which can go in a lot of cases to sports and many of us have memories of going to sporting events with our family and our parents my dad and I have plenty of those across the landscape he's not a big NASCAR guy but baseball and basketball and football certainly have all been at the core of what we've done as far as father-son bonding experiences but that point aside and that little side note aside the nostalgia of that and the nostalgia of NASCAR have played on people's emotions for quite some time. And it's why there was so much joy around North Wilkesboro, even though the cup race itself was uh, meh, if you want to be generous about it. It wasn't very good. But the whole weekend was, and NASCAR, again, we did an insane radiodeals.com fast take on this earlier in the week, but they listened to their customers. Well, it appears that NASCAR may be doing more of that because according to WFMY, Frank Mark Young, WFMY TV out of the Greensboro area. Rockingham Speedway's owner 
has come out and commented on the chances of NASCAR returning to that venue, formerly known as The Rock or North Carolina Speedway next year. And the Rockingham Speedway owner said, quote, I can't put a number on it. What I can say is that we are obviously in talks with everyone. I am very hopeful and very optimistic at this point, end quote. So the schedule has not been released for NASCAR next year. And I'm sure there are a lot of contingencies. What happens with the Chicago street race? Do you go to Rockingham? We've seen Speedway Motorsports, which now owns North Wilkesboro, the track they bought, sold, and then bought again to put the All-Star race at this year. But we've seen them gobble up other venues. The rights to Dover Motor Speedway, maybe to move two dates from there. They've already done one of those. They bought up Nashville Super Speedway and the Nashville Fairgrounds to have a controlling interest in that particular market. We know they're aggressive with growth mindset. Could that be in the works, them buying up The Rock? Or could The Rock, coming into NASCAR in some capacity as it was a few years ago in the truck series, be in the works? See, back in the day, people really, really cared a lot in the business side of anything about at venue attendance. And there is some value to the experience of being somewhere in person, like, I don't know, the Memorial Day 10K run and two-mile walk, which there may be a virtual option this coming Sunday, and I'm doing a horrible job of promoting it, but I'm going to be there in person, even if it's raining, and it might, because it's the in-person communal aspect. But when it comes to consuming sports, it's hard for a lot of people to do things in person. The viewing experience, whether it's a streaming platform, whether it's the television for traditionalists, whether it's the radio or, in a lot of cases, streaming the radio on your mobile phone, as you can do with the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. It's changed the game with how you consume it. So having these 100,000-seat venues is not necessary in a lot of cases. Uh, I mean, team stinking and bad ownership aside, the, the venue where the Washington Commanders play. And no, this is not an excuse to play their hit song. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? Because we're not trying to hate on them, but that venue in Landover, the dump, they had to reduce capacity to that particular venue. You've seen others. Liberty University football is an example. They haven't focused on capacity increases to their football stadium. It's the amenities. Basketball. The Vine Center holds like double what L.A. does, Bel Air, Liberty Arena, and yet Liberty Arena gets a better fan experience to bring out the immortal words of this guy from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Man, you loaded! <laughs> yes, jazz coming in as well. And we say this because North Wilkesboro, it's not the biggest venue. It's like 30,000. The Rock, Rockingham. I mean, okay, is it 30,000? Is it 50,000? Martinsville, 66,000. That doesn't matter as much because if you put on a good television product, that's where the real revenue comes from. And NASCAR is in dire need of doing that. Ratings have largely been flat this year to last year. Last year, they increased from the year before. This year, it's kind of been flat across the board. They were actually down for the North Wilkesboro race compared to the Texas race. But there were a lot of factors that went into that, with it, where they were competing, the length of it, uh, accessibility as far as television uh, and it being on FS1 play a role in that. But... The reason why is the television networks, as we've seen in college football, can basically say, hey, insert your college football conference here. You should add this team. And guess what? The conferences, well, if they're told they might get more money by adding insert your team, they've added those teams. Big Ten, USC, UCLA. SEC, Oklahoma, and Texas. The most recent examples. Perhaps, perhaps as sources have maybe quoted to the Oklahoman, 
The Big 12 could benefit from adding a school like Coach Prime and Colorado. That report, credible, I would say as well, is out there that it could be Colorado. And while Utah may be reluctant, if one school goes, maybe Utah joins them, as could Arizona and Arizona State. And it's because it doesn't matter the size of the venue nearly as much. It's brand cachet, what you can sell to a consuming audience on television and or streaming platforms that matters. And the quality of racing does. I mean, look, if NASCAR North Wilkesboro could generate this hype and the car isn't even conducive to the track, and we saw it because the Cup Series racing was with Kyle Larson dominating and not a lot of side-by-side action elsewhere, think of what could happen at a place like The Rock or other tracks in NASCAR. And we'll use them as an example because their owner has come out and said that there are discussions going on about possibly returning to the NASCAR schedule. That, you know, that track is more the intermediate style, which has been very good with this current car. And we've seen really quality racing either throughout the race at places like California and Kansas, or even over the back half of the race as the intensity picks up at a place like Darlington and others. So I think there's absolutely a place. Now, I'm glad it's not getting a ton of hype and attention, if only because the idea of The Rock, Rockingham Speedway, returning to the NASCAR schedule, which would be exciting for a lot of folks out there, The reason why I'm glad it's not getting a lot of attention is I don't want people to get their hopes up that it's going to happen. There are a lot of political angles that go into this. Um, Obviously, there's the whole political angle of NASCAR having the street race at the Chicago road course. And I think they'd like to stay in that market truthfully. And if it doesn't work out there, they've got the other race at Road America in Wisconsin, which is not all that far from there. But it's the idea of at least being willing to listen to the customers who wanted North Wilkesboro back, wanted Darlington to have two dates. Want the idea of The Rock returning in some form or fashion. Want Nashville Fairgrounds to go into the NASCAR landscape, even though with the current car, I actually think the racing would be better at Nashville Super Speedway, which is a mile and a half track or a mile and a third, than it would be at the short track in downtown Nashville. But any of those examples kind of speak to the fact that, look, the consumer matters more. Consumer voice is bigger. You can amplify it for better in this case, in worse than a lot of others, with social media. And then, of course, you can speak in the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Determining what happens. And that's why all of this goes into a much bigger pie and why it matters quite a bit. What also matters, by the way, is that you make sure your home is protected from inclement weather. See, it's not cold enough to light a fire in your chimney. But guess what? Every brick in your chimney stores at least one cup of of water, at least one cup of water. That's not all. The reality is when it rains and, oh, by the way, look at the weather this coming weekend or listen to the weather updates here across the Virginia Talk Radio Network throughout the weekend, that will be a central theme for a lot of the weekend. Saturday afternoon, Sunday, yes, Monday morning, if you're going to join me for the Memorial Day 10K run and two-mile walk for the type 1 diabetes experience, you can still register for that at tide.org. That's T the number one D-E. But when you're thinking about all this rain that is in the forecast and coming to our area this weekend, that could make that humidity that much more of a factor. And yes, the moisture building up in your chimney. Well, there's a way to protect that and protect your home. It's by visiting blackgoose.net, Black Goose Chimney Service, servicing Central, Southwest, and Southern Virginia as they have done for many years and are ready to do for you. Now, other topics that we get to address in the Fast Five at Five ish it's time for the fast five at five ish five fast-paced quick-witted things you need to know right now 
number five. So we'll certainly touch on lacrosse and tennis in our votes of confidence around 520 or so today here in the fast lane, 523, somewhere in about five minutes or so. But lacrosse, one of them. Premier Lacrosse League, which is one of the big professional lacrosse leagues. I don't even know if Major League Lacrosse still exists. I think it got rolled up into the Premier Lacrosse League, which has been a bunch of teams with different names but playing in one location. They now plan to assign home cities to each of their eight teams as they are deemed a burgeoning or growing lacrosse property, according to Sports Business Journal. And this being another sign of that growth, according to Sports Business Journal. Again, I don't know everything about professional lacrosse. Like, I don't even know a whole lot about high school lacrosse. I know some from covering EC Glass a few years ago and Jefferson Forest in the process, and then obviously college lacrosse. But here's the thing. It is a growing league. It is a growing sport. But the ability to connect with people, it's not just having the franchise with whom you connect. Yes, there are plenty of people who have never been to. I'll just use some examples here. New York, who love the Yankees. Dallas, who love the Cowboys. L.A., who love the Lakers. But the reality is those properties have a huge base of people in those cities because you can identify with your city if you're from that area. It's hard to identify with a franchise that has no connection to any real city. That's why that is a smart business move. If lacrosse wants to be taken more seriously at the professional level, having teams is great, but having teams that pair with cities where fans can feel invested and frankly, those teams can have a presence and they can ingratiate, ingrain themselves into the community. That's the reality of what has to happen in a lot of those leagues as well. Number four. Well, you know this by now, but Rafael Nadal out of the French Open He has said, as he did last week, that his goal is to play next year and make it his last. I mean, I look good for him if he wants to come back. If not, he's one of the greatest tennis players of all time. But just a couple of notes on this. Rarely does it ever end very well for a professional athlete. Something gets them in the end. For most of them, it's father time. It's the inability for their body to keep performing at a high level without either injuries or just erosion in physical performance, often because it's harder than ever to recover and repair your body as you get older. Or in Tom Brady's case, he put so much into his playing career, and yes, he didn't make the best personal decisions, according to some out there, but it creates a sacrifice on your family that you realize you got to hit the reset button and refocus. Nadal's in the former camp. Look, he's put a lot out there. He was banged up last year. Frankly, if you want people to go out on top, him winning the French Open in dominant fashion is probably how he should have retired last year because he got injured in Wimbledon and hasn't really played since that particular tournament. And he was banged up going into the French Open last year. He had that injury uh, that plagued him during that time because it was kind of carrying over from the chest injury he had as well as the lower body injuries where he had the miraculous run at the 2022 Australian Open and was banged up at Indian Wells last year. You just add all that together and, you know, I think it's time. If he wants to play another year, great, but I'm not holding my breath that Rafael Nadal next year is going to be a serious threat to win any of these Grand Slams as other younger players gain more experience. And remember, Grand Slams best three out of five sets, cumulative fatigue over an event adds up. Yes, he made a miraculous run in two Grand Slams last year, but one is his best surface ever, Clay. Whether Carlos Alcaraz gets there or not, we can get to that in our votes of confidence. But the other was in the Australian Open with Novak Djokovic out because of the virus. So just keep all of that in mind when assessing his great tenure. Number three. Well, here's something that obviously goes full circle. Back to why the ACC was looking for ways to either get out 
of the grant of rights agreement and allow schools to go in different directions or find a way to enhance their revenue as the incentive model for postseason performance is apparently going to create greater rewards for teams who succeed. It's because... Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. That is not where the ACC needs to be. See, per school distributions, this according to a number of different college football reporters, the Big Ten on the way, or leading the way, with $59 million. Going to get to over $70 million in the next couple years, but $59 million, 58.8 to be exact. A little less for Maryland, Nebraska, and Rutgers, who were the newest members over the last handful of years. The SEC, just shy of $50 million, 49.9. The Big 12, 42 to 44 and a half. Excuse me, 42 to 45 million bucks. The ACC, their fourth, 38 to 41 million dollars. And then the Pac 12, crumbling before our very eyes at 37 million bucks. So the ACC right now is fourth out of the per school revenue distribution list. And not only are they behind the Big 12, the SEC, and the Big 10, but they're about to be further behind from those leagues who have had the opportunity to get more out of their media rights deal. That is another way of explaining the high level of consternation and frustration that has been relayed from many in the Atlantic Coast Conference world, and again, understandably so, as to why they have real issues about that. And number two. Goodness, if I can do this the correct way. Number two. NASCAR moving up the start of the Xfinity Series race in Charlotte to 1219 p.m., basically noon tomorrow afternoon. Again, the bigger picture takeaway is not the Xfinity race itself. It's what this says about an organization and a league and the need to adapt. This idea of stringing fans along. NASCAR was guilty of this for years. Other leagues have been as well, but give people as much leeway as possible and let them make the best decision so that they can then tune in. You know, it's why we post a show lineup and we break from it a lot, or at least uh, are somewhat flexible with it, but we post our show lineup at Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Same principle here. NASCAR's moving up the start time. People want to know when the event's taking place or when something's happening on the fast lane or whatever the show is. Well, here's the reason why you do that or tease or whatever the case is. People need to know what to do. They got lives to live. I mean, it's common. Now, granted, people can listen back fastly and Edley wherever you listen to podcasts, and people could watch this or listen on their favorite mobile device to the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. But rather than this whole song and dance of dragging it out, let's see what happens with the weather. If you know the probability is low or decreases that you can get the full race in by starting it at its original afternoon time, then moving it up makes a lot of common sense, not the Kenny Powers kind. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. So some clarification on the story we brought up yesterday in the Fast Five at Five-ish. According to Ben Fisher of Sports Business Journal, the Washington Commanders told him directly that the team has, quote, full confidence, end quote, that its registration for the trademark of the Commander's name will be corrected, quote, in due course, end quote, after the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office initially denied its application. I'll be honest, I have no inside knowledge of this, and there was nothing elaborated on from Ben Fisher's tweet. He's credible from Sports Business Journal, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for sure on this. But is this having to do maybe with who their owner is? And that when you're supporting Dan Snyder, it doesn't look very good, but if you kind of make them wait it out and, oh, let's see what the new ownership wants to do, you know, it's weird to say that, and it sounds conspiracy theorist, but this is politics where that type of stuff 
often weighs heaviest. And there is your Fast Five at five-ish. When we return in the Fast Lane, maybe get to some of your feedback, but we want to give enough time for that. And we've got WFXR's Jermaine Farrell set to join us around 535 today. So we'll give our votes of confidence. This can't go well, especially with Trey not here to provide his motor sports insight into the non-NASCAR world. But we'll try to take a common sense approach for you anyway when we return in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.